0: it's michelle here from and perfumery and welcome to the yes she can project it's specifically for women by women she stands for support honesty and empowerment we'll be tackling topics that affect us all in a place for support honesty and advice you are not alone ladies come and join the conversation Okie doke. Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Yes She Can Project. Um, We are delighted to be joined today by Rezi. Hi! Hi. Nice (laughs) to see you. Thanks for having me. It's our first proper in-person conversation, isn't it? I know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So this is quite nice actually. It is. We're we're having a real-time chat. I know, which is good, rather than just DMing each other online. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> so for anybody who doesn't know,
1: um, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about what you do? Yeah, of course. So my name's Rezi Gadjar. Um, I'm a television and radio presenter. So I currently work all over the place for lots of different stations and television shows. So, yeah, it keeps me nice and busy. So you've just finished a...
0: Um, Session as a DJ um, on your regular slot for
1: is Heart FM. Yeah, um, so I I do a lot of cover for them. So I work for a company called Global. They own lots of different radio stations. So oh, Heart okay. is the one that I work for. And um, they own Capital. They own Smooth, Gold, um, Classic. That loads of loads, loads of different stations. But yeah, I do a lot of cover for them. For so it's Heart and Heart Dance. So Heart Dance is their digital radio station. Right. that they launched a couple of years ago and it's basically non-stop club classics uh, which is what they do on the heart station on a Friday and Saturday night so it's basically mm-hmm. like the party station and um, so I do loads of cover for them on heart dance because I've got I don't know if you can tell but I've got lots of energy um, so it works really well actually for that station and I love the music and then every so often I get to cover on the national heart station and um, as well which is what I'm going to be doing in a few hours time so yeah it's really good it keeps me busy yeah it's like a double <laughs> shift doesn't it I know it really is but obviously two very different feels because I'm coming off of a a party station where it's like whoop whoop. yeah we're going mm-hmm. up to like a big night out in town to like an early morning it's a bit more chilled out and uh, they use different systems as well so obviously I need to be very careful make sure I'm concentrating because you get so used to it's like driving a car you get so used to driving one car and then suddenly you're jumping into a different car that works in a completely different way so you have to make sure that you're really concentrating but it's good it's good fun.
0: I bet it's so hard though to come down off that high almost to be like doing all of the classics and getting a, your rave on and then
1: coming yeah. down to like oh, a little a bit, bit more, chilled more out <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is I think as well because they use very different systems the dance station that I work on uses a system called Zeta so right. I've used Zeta for the majority of my radio career and it's very very easy when I go onto the Heart National Station, they use a different system, which is called Genesis. And it's a little bit more complicated. So right. I feel like, yeah, it's, it's hard in the sense that you really need to like pay attention to what you're doing. But mm-hmm. I mean, I've got like quite a big gap now. So normally during this time, I get to like have some food and then I'll start researching like all the content for my heart show. Um, yeah. So by the time you've done all of that, you've naturally kind of come down off that high anyway and you're a bit more yeah. chilled out, which is good for when you go on air. at the really Mm -hmm. early hours of the morning. So
0: (laughs) it's good fun. (laughs) Well, that's really interesting actually. I never knew that um, like one company owned all of those stations. I I had no idea
1: yeah so it's they've got a lot going on here we're basically we're based in Leicester Square in London so it's a huge building um, and every floor has um, a different radio station on it so it's amazing I mean it's a it's a massive company to work for and I literally love working here and you never know who you will see because they have so many celebrities that come in and out Um, and I I remember as a as a child I always loved listening to Chris Moyles when he used to be on Radio One back in the day yeah and I always used to listen to him on breakfast. And mm-hmm. now he works at Global and he works on Radio X and he does a breakfast show uh, for us here. So sometimes if I I used to cover like an early breakfast show for Heart and when I'd be finishing, Chris would be coming in to do his breakfast show on Radio mm-hmm. X. And I'd often like bump into him as I'd be leaving um, in the reception. On purpose? No, <laughs> so we'd always just like bump into each other on the stairs. Oh, okay. Coming up. I just, I timed it well, Michelle. Um, <laughs> I'd literally be like, oh my God, it's Chris Boyles. But you'll walk in and see like, Little Mix or like I don't know I one of the obviously Emma Bunton used to do our breakfast show here on Heart, yeah I was a huge fan of the Spice Girls when I was oh, me too um, and I loved them and when I first started working here years ago I remember coming in to have a meeting and I was sat with one of one of the producers just sat in the office and yeah. um she walked out of one of the studios to come and say hello to the producer and I was like oh my gosh it's Emma Bunton you know when you're like play it cool yeah and I literally just went totally. you're right yeah. <laughs> inside I wanted to be like oh my A-L-M. god <laughs> yeah i wanted to be like i know all your dance routines i've got all your music on like cassettes and cds yeah i I played it cool but yeah it's really it's really cool so yeah they own lots of different radio stations basically so it's good fun who would you say is your like the favorite
0: celebrity you've ever met before either like interviewed or met in the corridor
1: (laughs) oh this is so hard um favorite celebrity do you know what people ask me this a lot and do they? because yeah so and because I've so before I worked in before I worked as a presenter mm. I used to do production stuff for television so I started off oh, wow um in tv as a runner where you make like tea and coffee mm-hmm. for everyone and um, and then I kind of moved up to like researching so it was kind of backstage stuff and as a runner I worked on this really cool show called t4 which used to be on time oh Four. I remember that yeah and they that used takes to have, me back <laughs> yeah they used to have loads of really cool celebrities um, mm-hmm. so it's really hard I feel like I'm being really big-headed when I say I've met loads of people I'm trying to think off the top of my head I once had to look after Justin Timberlake yeah um, he was really really lovely really really, really nice um the Saturdays we had them in a lot they used oh, to come in oh I love the
0: Saturdays yeah
1: and they were so lovely and really really polite mm-hmm. um gosh I've literally worked I've worked with loads it's so it's so hot Taylor Swift came in once and she no had way. Um, yeah I remember she had a really big entourage like mm-hmm. huge um, as in like makeup artists hairstylist um you know managers agents people yeah. stylists like telling her what to wear um, so, yeah, she had a really big entourage with her, but she was really lovely. She was a really, girl. Really yeah, nice she, you can
0: tell she is, can't you? She seems really down to earth and yeah. just, it's all about her friends, I think.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I've met um, Davina McCall. I used to work on a, so from someone that wants to be like Davina, I lo- I've yeah. loved her. Um, her career has been insane. Yeah. And I used to work on a dance show years ago as a runner and Davina was our host and she was just So lovely and so polite and always made time for everyone. And I remember once she came in and brought her kids with her. She was going in to record a voiceover for the show and she just asked if I could look after her two children. And they were so (laughs) polite. Um, And it was only for half an hour and they sat and did some colouring in. And they always said, like, please and thank you. And when she came in to get them, she was like, Were they polite? I was like, Yes. She was like, Did they say please and thank you? I was like, Yes, they did. They were really lovely. Um, And so yeah, so she's been a really nice one as well. Are you allowed to say? Um, who is your most
0: difficult celebrity interview <laughs> <laughs> you're like mm, no <laughs>
1: um
0: is it someone we would least expect if that makes sense like someone who is uh, comes across really nice but then actually is quite not
1: I wouldn't I wouldn't want to name any names yes. but all text can... me later <laughs> <laughs> yeah all I can say is sometimes you meet people that you think are your the people that are your idols or your heroes that you've always yeah. wanted to meet and sometimes it can be a little bit disappointing when you meet them. Yeah. Um, there have been a few that I've met that have been a little bit of a nightmare mm-hmm. um, but it's all part of the fun and yeah. it, it keeps you on your toes so I think I if bet. everyone was nice then yeah I don't know it would it would be boring wouldn't it but um, yeah. yeah I'm not gonna I'm sorry Michelle I know you want the juice but I can't name any names. I know, it's it, it would be unfair of me too. <laughs> <laughs> no I know. <laughs> um, so everyone really wants to
0: know like because when you think of somebody being a TV or radio presenter and being in the limelight in that way um, is it all as glitz and glamorous as as people expect it to be or is it I mean, I know from, from knowing you, you work so hard, you work
1: so many hours and you're constantly busy. So it must be really exhausting. It's really hard work. It's really, really hard work. And I think years ago when I decided I wanted to be a presenter, I don't think I realized how hard it would be. I thought it was going to be competitive, but Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how hard it would be. And just to give you um, something to work with like i've been working in tv and radio now for about 10 years and nice. i've only just started to get bigger shows yeah. um it's really difficult but mm-hmm. it's not all glitz and glam i think yeah. um i guess it depends i guess it depends what you're working on yeah, i think definitely. so f- so far a lot of a, a, to be able to come to where i am now so to give you an idea i obviously have talked about my heart stuff which i just cover for so I don't even get to work here full time. Right. And I just kind of come in and cover for, for them when they need me as and when. Mm-hmm. And I've recently started working on The One Show as a whoop, reporter. Whoop. I know, which is probably <laughs> my biggest show to date. I've, I've co-hosted on Jeremy Vine as well, which I still do as and when yeah. they need me, and um, mm-hmm. which is a show I do on Channel 5. So that's been really good. And I've done that for about four or five years and I love it. And yeah. The One Show, I've only just got about two months ago. Uh, and I've been doing loads and loads of stuff for them. So in regards to the journey to get there, it's, it's, it's really long. difficult. Yeah, mm-hmm. because it's a lot of emailing places and um, getting rejected, people not replying back to you. Um, and yeah. I honestly will sit there some some days I get up and I send about 100 emails to all these different places. Yeah. And then you only maybe get two replies back and mm-hmm. there'll be and thanks but we're not interested and then you just think where do I go from here because I've sent all these emails already so not only is it really difficult to get the jobs once Mm -hmm. you get the jobs they aren't always as glamorous as they seem so like I did a shoot with the one show a couple of days ago and um, I love it like I love working on the one show it's a lot of fun and I get to go all over the place which is really really cool and we did a shoot the other day where we had to go to Bolton and we were interviewing a girls football team and um, just to give you an idea of the journey I got up in the morning, probably about seven o'clock. You have to get full on like camera ready. So like hair, makeup, all that stuff at home, Uh, packed an overnight bag, got on a train for four and a half hours. um, And it was about four or five different trains to go from where I am to up to Bolton. And whilst I'm on the train, they then send you the script. So I was doing probably, I think it was four different interviews. So I was interviewing the girls together, the football team. And I interviewed one of them by herself. I did interviews with the parents, Um, interviews with the coach Um, Mm and so I had all different questions that were scripted for those four different interviews so you have to memorize all of those and also they give you a rough idea as to what they're gonna answer and because we do the research so you know where the interview's gonna go so you already have an idea as what they're gonna say so I kind of need to be familiar with how they're gonna answer in case they don't give that answer because if they don't say what we want them to say I need to be able to chase it up and like bring it back to to what we wanted Mm -hmm. Yeah, so not only are you doing all of that, there were then about three or four pieces to camera and um, that I needed to obviously memorize as well. So it's a lot to memorize and although I'm on the train for four and a half hours I'm not on just one train for four and a half hours I'm getting the tube I'm changing yeah and you need to be able to eat so I think by the time I got to Bolton it was about 2 three o'clock and the crew were an hour behind me because they came up on a minibus so I just had to sit on the street for an hour and (laughs) just go through my scripts again (laughs) yeah and then they turned up at like four o'clock so then it was setting up the cameras getting everything sorted having a chat with the director often although I'm getting more familiar with the crew now they have different teams that go out and do different stuff so sometimes you're working with completely different people people you've never worked with before so then you don't know what their style is so then you need to make sure that you're doing what they're after and -hmm. I think by the time the the coach arrived it was five so we started doing all our interviews then and we were non-stop until nine o'clock that evening and then as soon as we finished at nine not only is it freezing I was freezing I think I totally misjudged the weather because where I live in London it was going to be 28 degrees that day and I did check the weather in Bolton and it said it was going to be a bit colder, but I definitely didn't dress appropriately. So I was really cold and we'd already started filming. So you can't add on extra layers. Then yeah. You have to keep with what you're wearing. Um, Hello and welcome. Literally <laughs> shivering. Um, and then I finished at nine. So by the time you finish at nine o'clock, then it's like the sound guy is taking all he records all the sound onto his equipment. So he then takes whatever is his little discs that have all the sounds on it. Yeah. out to hand over to the crew because he's local, so he's not coming back to London. Um, and then the crew have to take all the, they're called rushes. So it's all like the, um, I guess the discs that have the uh, all the footage on it. Yeah. So they're taking those all out the cameras, putting all the cameras away. So we didn't leave until half nine and then we drove all the way back to London. So, by the time we got back, I think it was probably about three o'clock in the morning because we also had to gosh. stop to have some food. So, we'd gone, yeah. on, I think I had lunch on the train. So, the last time I ate was like 12 o'clock lunchtime, and then we didn't finish till nine. So, the time we stopped off to get dinner it was like 10 o'clock at night. So, it's a really long day. Oh my and gosh. then we get back into London at like three in the morning. Um, and then we had to stop, so we had to take all the equipment back. So, we pull up outside the BBC, so it's in central London, and then I I haven't got a pass because I only do reporting for them out and about, so I can't go into the building. So okay. I had to just stand outside and man the suitcases whilst oh. they took all the equipment in um, and like took everything out there, the minibus and parked up the minibus, And then we had to go check into a hotel. Um, and then typically the hotel that we stayed in, the other two went to their rooms and I went to go in. I had one of those electronic key cards. So I went yeah. to go into my room and um, it wouldn't work. So oh, then at like 3:30 in the morning. I know, I'm going back downstairs to reception. I'm like, my my fob doesn't work. And then their computer system crashed. And oh, they're like, oh no.
0: I I know I was
1: like should I just sleep on the sofa here but they were like oh have a have a seat and like we'll get we'll get you a drink do you want a wine but at that time of morning you're like no I just want my bed (laughs) so I think for the time I got to sleep it was probably about four o'clock in the morning and um, I was lucky in the sense that all I had to do the next day or later on that day was to get up and have breakfast and I could go home and sleep because I didn't have any work booked in but for the two that I was working with the director and the shooting researcher they had to get up at nine and go back into the BBC and edit the, the film because it was getting played out on the one show later on that evening so um I felt awful because I was so tired and I, I went home and I got to have a little bit of a nap but then yeah. they um whilst they're editing all the footage I think it plays out at about seven o'clock yeah. and about quarter past six half six the director messages me and he's like we might need you to record a couple more voiceovers oh because this is something I forgot to say after we finished filming in Bolton and we've um, gone back to the minibus I then get in the minibus and they've got some voiceovers so I record them in the minibus sometimes so I was just there with like my microphone recording these voiceovers but often when it comes to editing it in the edit suite um they need they need the voiceover to change which doesn't quite make sense um so they messaged me and obviously I'm at home so they're like can you record a voiceover can you record it into your phone and can you go under a duvet and to make sure that there's no echoing this is no word of a lie so on (laughs) a couple of days ago there I am getting my other half to like drape a duvet over me (laughs) I'm absolutely sweating because it's so hot under there trying to record this voiceover which naturally when you record a voiceover I'm kind of sat like this or I'm stood upright so you have more energy but when you're hunched like under a bed with a duvet over your head it's a lot harder Um, but we got there in the end and it played out and everyone was really pleased so long story short it's not always as glamorous as it seems it is hard yeah. work but I no, love it it's
0: not <laughs> when, when you said and they messaged me and said can you, we need to record
1: I thought you were going to say and go back to bloody bolton <laughs> oh no can you imagine? imagine no although saying that actually we did have um we had a situation a, a couple of months ago it was about a month ago where we were filming a story in it was in stoke on Trent. yeah um so again it's quite far away from where I live so yeah the night before I traveled up and I stayed in hotel and then we started filming really early the next day. So we did the interviews with the person that we wanted to interview. And then we did some filming in town. And then in the afternoon we were meant to be doing interviews in a location, but right. there was an incident that happened at the location which meant we weren't allowed to film for the rest of the day. Um, and okay. so we had to go home. So we were just like none of us really knew what to do. So um that was it. We just kind of said well okay they've got stuff going on we can't go in there and film. So yeah we just had to get the train back to London. Um, And we only had half the the story filmed. So we had to wait a week or two until we were able to go back. And then we had to go back up to Soap on Trent to finish the story. So when that happens, obviously, you've got to remember what you're wearing what your hair looks oh, like and yeah. makeup you've got on for continuity and um, so I took a picture which is the best way to do it of myself. Oh that's clever you see I yeah. wouldn't be that forward thinking yes yeah, so clever you, you take a photo and um, to make sure that you're always wearing the same but the one thing I did do between me and you is my nails were so awful by the time we had to film it the second time around there was no way I could have waited to get my nails done so I went and got my nails painted so actually <laughs> if you watch it back in the first half of the film they're like orange and in the second half of the film they're like blue or something. It's oh totally my god that's but,
0: cool no one knows inside it. gossip
1: there. <laughs> yeah so yeah it's all part of the fun oh, funny.
0: <laughs> so with like when you do presenting and stuff is it like you know with acting you have to like either do an audition um in person or send a video audition do you have to
1: do that with presenting or do you do you just have to get to speak to the right people um a bit of both Normally there is, it's called a screen test rather than a, an audition. Yeah. Um, so normally, probably pre-COVID, they do tend to get you in front of the camera just to see right. what you look like and how you act. Um, Mm -hmm. obviously because of COVID times that hasn't always been the case I mean I have and this is so weird but I did I did I've done a screen test during the last 12 months for a company and I did it in my bedroom with them on Zoom it was the weirdest thing ever because I was literally like excuse my wardrobe and my bed (laughs) behind me but here is my audition and I just did it there and then so that was a little bit odd but normally what you do is it kind of depends how you get the job or how they yeah. find out about you. Um, sometimes it's done through an agent. And I do have an agent that does sometimes get me jobs. Sometimes I get them myself. Yeah. Um, it just depends. So, for example, with um, with radio, for example, you normally come and do a demo. Um, right. So for Heart, I done. I was on a. I was on a different radio station before Heart called Heat Radio. So I don't know if right. you remember Heat Magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a radio station, so I was doing stuff for them. So I think when I spoke to Heart about coming to do stuff for them, they'd already kind of heard me on air anyway. But right. they invite you in, and what you do in the studio is you make. It's like a pretend show, and so they'll give you the songs, and you do all your content, and then they record it just so they could hear what you would sound like if you were actually on air doing a radio show. Mm -hmm. With TV presenting, and sometimes I'm trying to think back. I think when I first started working on Jeremy Vine, it was called the Right Stuff, and the job that I do now as a co-host, we were called a booth girl back then. So you didn't, you only had a little bit of a part to play in the show. It wasn't as big as it is now, Um, and for that what I did is I actually sent them some, um, some videos of the presenting stuff I'd already done. Okay, so like a showreel. Yeah, so I sent okay. them a showreel, yeah, of all the stuff I'd done already, Um, And they invited me in to Shadow. So they didn't actually invite, I don't don't think they asked me to do a screen test, but I think it's because I used to work for them as a runner. So I actually started my television career with this production company, making teas and coffees. And the woman that was in charge of it, she'd been really helpful with my presenting career. And she'd kind of kept in touch. So she knew all the stuff I was doing. Mm -hmm. And so for that, they just got me into Shadow um, just to see how to do everything. And then when it came to it, uh, they just booked me in and they just threw me on air. But I think it's because I already had, live experience anyway of television and mm-hmm. um, I did I've done entertainment uh, reporting for Lorraine on ITV a few times and yeah. I did have to do a screen test for that and that was really really last minute and I was actually I was going to Southampton and um, for a week to work on a radio station mm-hmm. and it's really funny actually because the whole way down there I think I was working on this radio station doing a bit of cover for a week and I was driving down there and I was thinking to myself, I just really, you know, television work had been very quiet. Yeah. And I was like, I just really want a new opportunity to come my way. And I was kind of saying it out loud, um, you, know, what, you know, I really want this new television opportunity to come my way. Like, come on, this has got to happen soon. Like, I've done so Aww. much stuff. Like, and by yeah. the time I got to the radio station, my phone rang and it was someone that I used to work with when I was a researcher in TV. And I right. thought, that's weird. I wonder why he's calling. And so I answered the phone. I was like, hello. And he was like, hey. <laughs> it's blah 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 and he was like I'm working on Lorraine at the moment and we're looking for someone to come and do some showbiz reporting and you know I thought of you and I wondered if you'd be interested and I was literally like oh my god this is amazing of course I've just asked asked the
0: universe for this
1: (laughs) I know so I was literally like I can't believe this has just happened like and he said to me okay cool so this was on a Monday so he was like well um we're gonna need you to come and do your audition tomorrow morning in London oh and I was in Southampton doing this radio show all week. So I was a bit like, Oh, and I was like, Does it have to be tomorrow? Can we do it mm-hmm. next week? And he was like, Look, they're gonna audition other people next week. So I want you to come in and do your screen test first. So he yep. was just like, if you can make it work. So the radio show I was doing was in the afternoon. So I thought I I can do it. So yep. I was like, okay, sure, let's do it. So what Aww. I had to do was whilst I was on air doing this radio show, the producers of Lorraine were sending me my whole script. So it was a 10 minute segment that I was talking about all these different entertainment shows and I had to memorize everything by heart. Um, and I had to know all about these shows. They were sending me all this stuff. So I was trying to do this radio show and then I was trying to research all these shows that they were sending me. And then when I finished that evening at seven o'clock, I then had to drive all the way back to London. So it was like a two hour drive and um, it was closer to go and stay at my parents. But obviously yeah. I didn't have any TV stuff with me. So on the way back, I'm calling my other half saying, right, I need you to do me a huge favor and pack a suitcase of TV clothes for me and drive an hour TV to clothes. my mum and dad's house. <laughs> yeah, and like makeup and everything because when I work in radio I don't I don't wear the same sort of stuff I barely wear any makeup I don't do my hair so I didn't have any of that stuff with me so Mm -hmm. I was trying to explain to him what to pack and I was like right look at my wardrobe and I was like straight ahead of you there's a pair of stripy trousers can you pack those can you pack this bra to go with it this (laughs) underwear I was like these shoes I was like trying to give any so he managed to pack this whole suitcase of stuff and he drove it to my mum and dad's And on the way back, I was like memorizing in my head, like, you know, this 10 minute um, segment that I had to do for them. I was trying to like go through all the lines. And I got back to mum and dad's probably about 10 o'clock at night. And I was up till like midnight trying to make sure I knew all of this stuff. And then Mm -hmm. the next morning I had to get up at five o'clock to get ready and then to go through all this stuff. And they sent me a car to take me into London. So whilst I was in the car, I was like memorizing this script. Um, And then I walked in just after Lorraine had finished her live show. Mm -hmm. so she leaves the studio and on her way out she was like oh I really like your outfit and I was like oh my god Lorraine just said she really likes (laughs) it but then you go into the studio so I walked in into this massive studio at ITV and Lorraine was out but they had like five cameras there was about 30 crew in there oh um, my gosh. and there was someone that was pretending to be Lorraine for this air check for this screen test and so we, ba- we both sat down on set and um, they mic'd me up and they gave me my earpiece and they were like right so we're going to record this as if it's live are you happy to do this are you happy with everything I was like yep um, and they were like, right then, let's do it. Just make sure you have loads of fun. So, Aww. yeah, I just recorded this 10 minute piece with this guy who was really lovely and he pretended to be Lorraine. And then what they do is once you leave, once you then leave, yeah. um, my friend who had booked me to do it on the way out, he was like, that was really good. I'm really pleased. Aww. Well done. Um. so then they send the footage to the big bosses. So the big bosses will watch it and make sure that they're happy with what you're doing and that they, yeah. you are what they are after. And I got in the taxi and went back to my mum and dad's to then get in my car and drive back to Southampton to do this show. And by the time I got back to my mum and dad's, they called me and said, yeah, we we want you to do it. You're on air on Thursday morning so I was like oh my god so (laughs) literally I like drove back down to Southampton Tuesday afternoon and then obviously Wednesday I was like quick go into town find an outfit yeah and then Wednesday night it was like memorize the actual script and then come home and then Thursday morning it was like do do the actual thing with actual Lorraine um so yeah so often you do do a screen test but sometimes it doesn't always happen I mean with the one show they um I, they contacted me actually they approached me and asked if I'd be interested in doing some stuff for them oh that's amazing and yeah I was really congratulations, excited. congratulations. I'm so pleased for me you too. Um, <laughs> and they just asked to do a zoom call actually so I had a mm-hmm. zoom call with one of the execs and we chatted about all my experience and what type of yeah. stuff I'd done and she was like okay well, we'll be in touch and then literally two days later they just messaged me and said right we're going to book you for a shoot are you free on Monday and that was how quick it was so wow. but I I guess it's because I'm out and about reporting. So you can't really do a a screen test for that. I think if I was going into the studio to do what what Alex Jones does, then they would probably get me in and do like a practice run with me to see how I look on camera. But yeah, yeah, so sometimes you do it. Sometimes you don't. Gosh. (laughs) So I think it really proves as well, though, it's about it's about
0: who you meet along the way. Yeah. things like that especially as you'd been a runner already and then you were already in their mind for the Jeremy Vine show and then like you say your friend contacting you to go on Lorraine is oh and you're just so lovely all the time so oh, I think that helps you. as well and you your know, that- energy
1: is just amazing. I think that's one thing that's key is that you've got to make sure you're nice to everyone because it's such a small world and Mm -hmm. you never know who you're going to end up working with and like this guy that booked me for Lorraine we used to work together when I was a music researcher on a show and um he actually he booked me to do some entertainment reporting on Big Brother as well so I've been Mm -hmm. really lucky and obviously yeah like the woman that um you know owned the company where I was working as a runner she was the one that ended up putting me on air to do the right stuff and then Jeremy Vine so yeah, I definitely think as long as you're nice to everyone, it It, yeah. def, it really does go a long way. Yeah, definitely. Because look at all, all them years
0: later, where you are now and the opportunities that you're getting now, because you made such an impression on people from the very start of your career. So that's that's really cool. Oh, oh I, I'm try. So happy I try. I try. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's like the dream for you where, what would be if someone said, you could have like a dream job presenting something what what would it be for you oh
1: difficult question Mm -hmm. um I would say tv wise I love doing live tv because it definitely needs to be live because I love the buzz from it being live and the fact that if you're going to make a mistake everyone's going to see it so (laughs) you love that (laughs) I I quite like the fact that I feel like you get more of a rush from it it's the same with radio like I love doing radio live I think Mm -hmm. when I pre-record stuff because I'm such a perfectionist, it's easy to be able to say, oh, let's delete that and try again. Yeah, do it again. And then I feel mm-hmm. like it's not as natural. So definitely a live show. And um, I'm not sure. I think back in the day, I'd love to do like big entertainment shows, like stuff like um, they call it shiny floor shows. So like X Factor or like yeah. Britain's Got Talent. Yeah. And I'm a celebrity like the really big entertainment shows. I mm-hmm. would love to be able to host one of those, even if it's just one of the sister shows like The mass, yeah. uh, the Mask Singer. Um, I love that show and yeah. so if you were to do like a, a sister show where it's like a smaller show for them I'd yeah. love to do something like that and um, this morning I think I'd love to do stuff on this morning oh I think it'd be ITV. great yeah I so really do I think anything as long as it's live really and um, but I'd yeah. love to do more I do love doing the reporting side of stuff and being out and about that's really really fun and yeah. um, but I'd also love to do more stuff in the studio as well
0: oh that's so cool have you ever found with like live tv i'm just gonna have a sip but this is an energy drink fyi it's not alcoholic do it you have that i'll (laughs) drink my coffee have you ever had any experiences on live tv where something's gone like drastically wrong
1: yes um yeah there's been quite a few um
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love live tv and it goes wrong
1: (laughs) It's all part of the fun i think yeah. the big one for me was um i actually it, things went very wrong once when i was doing a segment on lorraine um and it was honestly the worst thing ever and i came home and i i just couldn't even watch it back i think i sat in the Aww. corner and cried for about three hours but oh, no i can't see you ever crying Lizzie. you're always oh. so happy and positive <laughs> oh it was awful michelle honestly so i basically i had i've been wanting to work at itv for like ever and um, it was such a big opportunity to be able yeah. to do entertainment on Lorraine is like massive. Yeah. Um, and I did my first one for them and it had gone really, really well. So the first mm-hmm. one I did went really, really well and they were really happy and they gave me really good feedback and I was absolutely buzzing. And I was just yeah. like, I can't believe this is actually happening. And mm-hmm. then literally a couple of days later, they booked me for another one. So mm-hmm. I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. So okay. they they basically sent me through the scripts um, and I think with the first one, I think that we had a bit more time with the script I've got, I think they sent it the night before, but for this one, I was doing, it was on a Monday, I think, which meant that a lot of the stuff, they kind of, they were having a look to see what was happening over the weekend. So all the stuff (laughs) got sent over in the morning. Um, So there's less time to memorize things and be more familiar with stuff. Um, So I basically went in and, um, I was doing this segment with Lorraine and it was all going fine and we talk about say five different shows yeah. and in between each show she's got like a one-liner which moves me on to the next thing to talk about Okay, and it's yeah. always in my script so I know that I know what she's going to say so, so mm-hmm. it goes smoothly normally yeah. anyway I, I did my first kind of two stories and then she started doing her one-liner and it wasn't what was on my cue card so I was like oh Lorraine no. and I, so I was a bit like I was really confused and I have an earpiece in as well so normally they would tell me if we're yeah. running over on time um, mm-hmm. or if you know we need to cut a story they'd normally tell me in my ear but they hadn't said anything so I was like I don't know where this is going so yeah. say the next story I think I was meant to be talking about was I don't know Jennifer Aniston on Instagram yeah. and um Lorraine was queuing up to talk about Mel B, which was like my seventh story, and I was only okay. on story number three. So I was like, I, uh, and <laughs> as she was saying this, I was like, okay, I need to make a decision about what I'm going to do. So oh I was God. like, right, she's not talking about what's on here. They haven't told me in my ear we're cutting any stories. So yeah. I looked at her auto queue, and her auto queue was still on my next story, Jennifer Aniston right. on Instagram. So I was like, surely Lorraine hasn't made a mistake um, <laughs> she's like, she's a queen like she, she's a pro so I was like I can't figure out where this was going anyway she did her one-liner and I just kind of came in and was like um yes I'm going to tell you about Mel B in a second but first let me quickly tell you about Jennifer Aniston because well I thought this done. is how we can bring it back to That's my story
0: great
1: yeah so then mm-hmm. in my ear I suddenly um the producer in the gallery was like oh no and I was like oh no I don't know what that means um so I was a bit like oh no so I was just like okay they obviously want to talk about Mel B so I was like Jennifer Aniston's Instagram and I made it really quick I was like everyone's yeah. crazy for it. she's got loads of followers but I was like Mel B and just like went on to the Mel B story I was yeah like, obviously that's what they wanted me to talk about mm-hmm. so we did the Mel B story and then Before she did her one-liner to cue me on to the next thing, she was like, I'm just going to hold you there for a second because we've got Andy Peters in Outer Mongolia with your chance to win £100,000. And then she threw to Andy Peters, who was live in Outer Mongolia with a load of sheep or whatever. And I was (laughs) (laughs) really and I kind of just like literally like the whole time this was happening when I was like couldn't figure out what she was doing your heart starts going really quickly you suddenly get really shaky your brain just melts and you can't remember Mm -hmm. anything and you're just like don't cry don't cry don't cry um and I and then so she threw to Andy Peters and I was like I'm really confused what just happened. And I was like, yeah. did we, mit- have I like missed a story? And she was like, oh no, no, there was, um. she was like, oh yeah, there was a competition throw here. And because Andy's live and he was in place, we had to throw to him. So she was so like- So she
0: didn't get him.
1: Yeah, so she was like, I was <laughs> trying to, she was trying to, she was trying to, What she was trying to do is tease what I was going to talk about, which is why she mentioned Mel B. But I obviously didn't know there was a competition throw. I think it was just cross wires. So I thought that's what she wanted me to talk about next. But actually she was saying, oh, in a bit, we're going to talk about Mel B. And she wanted to say first, here's Andy. Um, Mm -hmm. So I totally messed things up and poor Andy's waiting there with loads of sheep waiting to do this competition. (laughs) So then I was like, I am so sorry. And I said, I honestly had no idea. And she was like, don't worry, it's absolutely fine. So she was like, when we come back from Andy Peters, go back to your story, your Jennifer Anderson story, and then just work your way through to the end. And she yeah. was just like, there's going to be no other interruptions. It'll be absolutely fine. Aww. So I was like, okay, but literally you're like, you're then shaking and like your brain's gone to mush. Aww. And I, all I was thinking was, right, co- Resi, concentrate. This is it now. Like focus, remember what you're going to say, sit upright, you know, remember to tell her all the things you wanted to say. And we carried on going to the end, but I think as uh, one of the, I think we were talking about something, and I accidentally said the wrong name of something. I mean, it happens naturally in conversation yeah. with people anyway. And then Definitely. I, and then she corrected me um, with the name, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, sorry," you know. And you're just like. Oh, yeah. this is awful. And yeah, it's this- almost
0: like you give up inside, don't you? And you're like, yeah, and I although, can't.
1: I, yeah, and although I kept going because it was live, you're just like, I've just got to persevere. Like I haven't even yeah. made a mistake, but like as soon as we finished, I was like, oh my god, that was awful. um mm. And she, she was so lovely. She was like, look, I don't want you to worry about that at all. It's live television; mm. these things happen things go wrong she was like you held it together you didn't yeah. fall apart you didn't cry you know you carried on going and inside I'm like I think I want to cry but she Aww. was just like I don't even want you to think twice about this just go mm-hmm. home and enjoy the rest of your day and she was like you were fab don't even worry um, And yeah. but you know when you can't get it out your head yeah and I think like I got into it's funny because my agent called me and he was like I thought that was the best one you've done and I was like well, I made so many mistakes and he was like but no one would have noticed that exactly um but one of my friends did call me and she was like is everything okay and I I was just like why she was like I've just watched Lorraine and I was like oh no, oh, no you noticed!" and she was like only because I know you so she yeah, was exactly. like I could see the panic on your face oh. I, like, I think it took me a while I didn't want to go on Twitter because I was like people are going to be rinsing me and then I didn't want to watch it back and I think eventually maybe 24 hours later when I did watch it back it wasn't as bad as I thought it was yeah as you felt inside at the time yeah and I think as an outsider people people probably wouldn't have even noticed but for me because I'm a perfectionist and I knew what was meant to be um, and but I mean they booked me again and I ended up going to do another one and it was absolutely fine I smashed it so yeah these things happen but it it helps you grow doesn't it (laughs) oh definitely like with you just touching on Twitter there
0: um do, are people generally, on the whole, supportive, um, or do you get a lot of negativity? So I've seen, obviously, I've known you for a while now, and I've seen on your Instagram some people can be really, really nasty.
1: Do you, yeah. do you get a lot of that? Um, sadly, you do, but you get Aww. you do get a lot of positives as well, and mm-hmm. I think that you could get a hundred positives and one negative, and the negative will tend to stick to you more than the positives. Absolutely. But, I don't weirdly it doesn't bother me mm-hmm. um, I don't know why it's like it's horrible and it's horrible for anyone that gets like um, negative tweets or horrible yeah. messages on Instagram but um, I think I've done this thing where I think the first one I ever had was when I first started working on the right stuff I remember I came off air and someone had tweeted me this really horrible tweet about my accent and um, right. I was really upset by it because they took What's something... wrong with your accent? <laughs> well about, I laugh about it now um, and <laughs> when I think back I always remember his tweet it was something like um, that girl sounds like she's got a mouthful of rusty nails um, <laughs> and he was like oh her Twitter bio says she's from Hertfordshire she's more like from Essex or something and then he put hashtag Um, foghorn or something like that and I remember reading it and being like oh my god someone doesn't like me Um, and but then I was just like and I think he continued every time I was on air he continued to message me a similar sort of thing and in the end I just blocked him because I was like I don't want to see it but actually I laugh about it now Mm -hmm. and there's been times where you always get someone saying negative things like whenever I co-host on Jeremy Vine people will always message and insult your what you're wearing or your hair or your outfit or your makeup Um, And I find it funny. So what I do now- You do make a joke out of it. That's what I really love
0: about you. Whenever you like put something on Instagram, you like, I don't, it's just, it's so funny the way that you deal with it. And I think (laughs) it's such a wonderful trait to have, to be able to, you know, switch it on its head that way
1: when a lot of people can't do that. Yeah. I think you have to, because if you don't laugh, you'll cry. And as I said, it it really doesn't bother me, but I, I post these things on Instagram because I feel like you shouldn't be able to get away with saying something nasty to someone yeah. and nothing being said about it. And although yeah. I never I never really respond back to them because I feel mm-hmm. like that's fueling a fire and yeah, I just don't definitely. care enough to message them. I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. But what I do do is take a screenshot and put it on my Instagram stories and then make <laughs> a bit of a joke about it because then other people can laugh at it with me. And yeah. it's really sweet because a lot of my followers on Instagram will always message and say like, oh my God, that's really horrible. Are you okay? And, and I'm like, yes, it's for." And I always now put a thing about it being like, this is for, you know, for our entertainment and yeah. um, like disclaimer like this hasn't made me cry but I, I remember the last time I worked at Jeremy Vine for a week I had people insulting uh, the outfits I was wearing someone was like um God, someone needs to fire their wardrobe department, and um, because they obviously thought what I was wearing was so bad. We don't have a wardrobe department. I picked the outfit myself. <laughs> I was just like, and I remember that someone else mentioned, and this this was true to be fair. So during the pandemic, I decided to take it as an opportunity to grow my eyebrows back because mm-hmm. back in the nineties, and um, when it was cool to have thin eyebrows, I plucked away all of my eyebrows, and oh my they god, same. Back. <laughs> yeah, it's a nightmare, isn't it? So obviously, I pencil them on now to make them look yeah. thicker, but. I just thought during the pandemic work was quiet and you weren't seeing anyone so I thought yeah perfect opportunity to grow my eyebrows back so I started growing them back and yes they did look horrendous and but I just thought I won't pluck them or do anything to them and I'll grow them back fully and I can get them Mm -hmm. threaded Um, and then typically I got booked to do um, a week (laughs) co-hosting on Jeremy Vine, so I was just like I don't want to thread my eyebrows now I've gone like six months of growing them back so I was like I'm gonna leave them and hope for the best hopefully I can kind of cover them with makeup so they won't look as bad yeah. um but thanks to our lovely viewers on Jeremy Vine they always like to tweet me and tell me how awful they look so I think after the first oh day God. I had so many tweets from people saying what's wrong with her eyebrows her eyebrows look awful and um I got home and I was talking to my other half about it and he was like you know I love you but to be fair on camera they do look pretty bad so I, oh my God, I was like, terrible. They do- <laughs> Uh, so then I was like I'm just gonna have to get them threat so I literally went and plucked them myself because I was like yeah. actually they do so I was like hands up I like, I'll put my hands up to that one they look bad <laughs> um but yeah you get it all the time but I think it's best just to um I, I just try to ignore it because I think yeah. I get so many lovely tweets and um Instagram DMs as well yeah so that's that's more important
0: definitely oh it's terrible I just I know, can't believe hard. that people think that it's okay to be commenting on what someone's wearing, what someone's
1: eyebrows look like. I mean, who the hell are you? It's ridiculous. But the thing is that they would never say it to you in person. It's really right. easy to write that type of stuff when you're a keyboard warrior. Like I we, I remember I co-hosted with Storm for a week and I don't know which one of us they were talking about, um, but th- what we were both wearing tight dresses and someone sent a message being like, oh, you look like you're pregnant. You know when you're just like, if they were talking about Storm she's like a skinny mini so mm-hmm. it's just like and I was like I had on a floaty dress so you wouldn't even have been able to tell if I was pregnant or not yeah. I'm not pregnant but you know you just like disclaimer. <laughs> yeah just to say. <laughs> but I just don't know why people think it's okay but I don't think they'd ever say it to you on the street no one would ever yeah. come up to you and be like you look pregnant or just know. they can get away with it you'd be like a
0: punch I know exactly you look knocked
1: out <laughs> yeah exactly it's just because they can do it on social media it's a shame yeah. I feel like you know, people, you know, the company that runs Twitter and Instagram, they need to do more to make sure that these negative comments can't go out there because yeah. mine aren't that bad. But if you've watched like Jesse Nelson's documentary from Gosh, uh, yeah. Netflix, mm-hmm. yeah, where people are telling her like you should die or you're too yeah. fat to be in that group, I just think who on earth are these people and yeah. why is it allowed that they're why are they allowed to write these types of comments it's awful yeah and I think the saddest thing
0: is as well is that people
1: people do take
0: it to heart and they do end up taking their own life you know when it gets yeah. so bad and and it's like like you say you would never ever say that to somebody in real life and it, I think it's a crime now though isn't it I think it's oh, like punishable it? yeah I think so um and and it should be so it should be because like you say if you were in front of somebody and you were saying something like that then then you'd get done for that anyway wouldn't you
1: I'm so sorry I'm gonna sneeze oh oh, it's all right I've held I've held it in Um, you know what it's funny because I had someone message me recently under one of my pictures on Instagram and he just said some absolute filth it was just disgusting and you know you just think like no one needs to hear that kind of sexual stuff it's gross so I reported it to Instagram and -hmm. they came back and said they weren't going to do anything about it because they didn't think it was that bad, and I was a bit like, what? "Come on, guys! Like, it's a bit unfair." Yeah, so Gosh. I don't, I don't know. I think it's a, it's a really difficult one, but I'm surprised that people are still allowed to get away with it. So it should yeah. be punishable. So if it well, is, especially,
0: especially if the companies are allowing it, if they're saying, "Oh, yeah, it's not that bad. It's fine." Yeah, I know. So I know it was a bit frustrating, but it is what it is bless you I'm, I just I think your attitude is just incredible the way that you deal with it and you're just I don't know you're an inspiration to so many people the way that you deal with things and the oh, fact that the fact that you're out there living your dream as well and every single job that you do you can tell your passion just you can see
1: that it's it's what you're meant to do oh thank you it's It's really difficult because there have been many times where I've had so much rejection from jobs that I wanted or they just haven't worked out and I think the first few years of doing this job I used to get so upset if I'd go for a job and then not get it or I'd cover for a job and then they wouldn't offer it to me full-time they'd offer it to someone else and I'd just Mm -hmm. be like I just don't get it because then you start to question yourself like oh am I not talented enough but it's always worked out and there's It's always been a better opportunity that's come. So I've decided now that my attitude towards this is if something doesn't work out, it's because it's not meant to work out and something better to come along. So I don't want to waste my time worrying about things. And I was actually having this conversation with um, some of my friends that also work in the industry. We've got like a, we always give like pep talks to each other and there'll be some weeks where I'm just like, I've sent out loads of emails and no one's come Mm -hmm. back to me and I feel really rejected. And they'll be like, come on, you're good at what you do. think you've done this, you've done that, you've done that. And I think, yes, you're right. And then the next week, it'll be them that's like, oh, I feel really rubbish about what I'm doing with work. And I'm like, come on. Uh-huh. But I think you have to stay positive. And it does always work out. There's been yeah, like, it does. Uh, times in the past where, for example, I did a week on um, on Capital. This was a really long time ago. Um, yeah. Capital down in the South Coast. They I was demoing for them for about a year and a half. And then eventually they were like, oh, we want to put you on breakfast to cover for a week and i remember thinking oh yeah this is it like this is my big opportunity i've made it and yeah. i did a week and nothing else came of it and when i look back at it now it's because i didn't have enough experience and right. i mean i sounded alright i was co-hosting with someone else and he was amazing he was really mm-hmm. good so he made me sound good but by myself when i did a demo for them after i wasn't strong enough to do i didn't have enough experience so i okay. get why nothing came of it and i was really upset about it for ages but then suddenly i got offered this cover job as a booth girl on the right stuff so i was just right. like if I'd got capital I wouldn't have been able to do the right stuff and then I did loads of cover on the right stuff and I always thought I want to do this full time and then that just didn't end up happening and again Mm -hmm. I was a bit like oh it's a shame because I really wanted to do it but then I got offered my own radio show on heat radio which was really really fun and I loved Mm -hmm. it and so it always works out so I just have that mindset now if something doesn't happen it's not meant to be and something better will come along definitely and it's all about
0: trusting your path isn't it trusting yeah your journey like every step of the way and then even though how upsetting it can be and you think you can't think of a possible reason why that wouldn't happen or why that would happen but it's only yeah. until afterwards you know you learn from it anyway but then you learn that you were actually not supposed to have that you're supposed to continue on and then the best it's like they say the best is yet to come
1: Yeah it's so true and as I said there's been times where I've been devastated when I haven't been given a show or an opportunity but then literally a month later something else comes along and I just think oh that's why yeah exactly yeah so it does always work out.
0: Yeah definitely oh I'm just I'm so excited to see like so I've obviously we've known each other for a little while now and I, I keep seeing you like get more and more and more and it's like I feel like I'm going on the journey with you it's it's really incredible
1: I can't can't wait to see what the future holds for you honestly know what someone um someone from school randomly messaged me um, and this was about six months ago and they just it's not someone that I was ever that close to at school or Mm -hmm. I I never speak to now and they sent me this message and they were just like oh I just want to send you a message to be like I've been following your journey since you first started doing presenting and like you just keep getting all these jobs and Mm -hmm. like they're getting bigger and bigger and it's just so nice to be on that journey with you and I just thought that's "That's really nice yeah Yeah. because it's been a tough journey to be on so it's nice that I've gone from, you know, yeah, making the teas and the coffees to now like being able to do more and more presenting stuff. So, yeah, yeah it's definitely. good. So whereabouts, what's your, what's your next shift after this interview? So I'm on air at one o'clock in the morning for Hart on their national station. So have so do you got to stay there until one? Yes, I'm here till one o'clock that's a long time (laughs) oh do you know what it's not too bad I don't do it very often but um the time I like have some dinner and then it's a five-hour show and I really love to do loads of prep so I'll probably have some food and like chill for a little bit and -hmm. then I'll slowly start like looking at content for the show and obviously with it being five hours long you need lots of content so it kind of takes me a while to do that so by the time I've done that and then edit up all the music and stuff to make it all sound Mm -hmm. really slick it will pretty much be one o'clock in the morning so do do um, you get to choose your own music like on the shows that you do I've always wondered that or
0: wondered whether you've kind of given a playlist already or whether you can like take requests
1: and stuff so we have a very talented music guy who does all of our music for us because music is very carefully thought out and um, I didn't know much about this until when I used to work on heat radio
0: Mm-hmm. I did um
1: uh it was like a, a request hour on yeah. my show so people could like message in and request songs but it wasn't just the sense of if someone texts me and says can you p- can you play Little Mix because yeah. you have to check to see when Little Mix was last played um okay. on that station and um, what song was played from Little Mix because if they were played Half an hour ago, you don't want to then play them again. Yeah. So every song that's put in there is really carefully thought out. And I I don't know how they do it here, but when I used to work at Heat, for example, they had like a a table and everything was numbered. So Mm -hmm. it was quite complicated because they always make sure that you always start your hour with a a really amazing song that everyone's gonna know because mm-hmm. then it keeps them wanting interested yeah yeah it's like when you go to an ad break you always have a really good song and when you come back from an ad break there's always a really good song yeah. so it's always like a big song that will like lock people in so they want to yeah. stay for more so it takes a lot of time and effort to think about it mm-hmm. when you think about radio stations as well they all have certain types of music that they play yeah. so the this type of stuff you hear on like um heart for example um you wouldn't hear on like classic FM. Yeah. And um, so you need to make sure that if you're if you're a, a listener to heart, when you're tuning into the radio station, you know what you're going to get. And you can recognize it, can't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. So that's why our music team, they're really good at making sure that the music is for like the average heart listener. So it'll yeah. be different to what you get on other stations. So yeah, I don't get to pick the music, I'm afraid. But Aww. I love all the tunes that I get to play. So it's a perfect station for me to work on yeah definitely and
0: I think sometimes like I've listened to you a few times you would say oh and after we'll come back after this and then we will play and then you say the song that you say the song and then I'm like yes can't wait for this one because it's a song that people love so that's why they do that way so that you keep the the engagement
1: yeah exactly yeah it's always good when you go to an ad break you always tease ahead for the songs that are coming because you want to keep people listening so mm-hmm. if you say something like you know and on the way i've got the biggest tune from yeah. 2005 to play you you'll be like what was the biggest tune from 2005 Yeah, oh, need, need to stick around <laughs> yeah i need to stick around to hear it so yeah, yeah it's all about the tease
0: <laughs> yeah it's brilliant i like all the well i say old classics but since i've got like our eldest daughter she's going to be 17 tomorrow but because the time's gone so fast I still hear music from when I was her age and I'm like oh my god that's such a tune but it's not not now it's old yeah it's like
1: them kind of things you know what made me feel old is recently some it was like um my other half's cousin her daughter for example I mentioned the Backstreet Boys and she was like who I was like (laughs) the Backstreet Boys <laughs> and she was like who's that I was like oh my god Aww. these these kids now I feel old they don't yeah. know who the Backstreet Boys are scary isn't it yeah it's
0: unbelievable oh Rezzy I could literally talk to you all day Bless I know you. likewise <laughs> I know it's so fun um but I think we're going to have to wrap up and we will. Oh, before we go, um, just in case anybody has any questions for Rezi, then just get in touch. Uh, let me know and I'll put your questions to her. But I just want to say, Rezi, it's been absolutely incredible. And I've really enjoyed speaking to you. And you're just you have such a gorgeous energy um, wow. and it's been it great. Is. And thank oh, you for really coming fun.
1: on. Thank you so much for having me. I feel honoured to be here. This has been really fun. Thank you.
0: I feel honoured to have you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right, well, we shall
0: speak soon. And thank you. Take care.